And I was like, she's like, you're not a mommy? And I was like, no. She goes, oh, okay. And I, 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 I play that interaction and in I my head. And I never forgot like, when it. I'm fucking in, my sh- in the shower alone. I'm playing that interaction in my head. Like, how did I fuck that up? Yeah, so um, my friend Tommy, he works at the club. He's a night manager. Mm-hmm. He was like, hey, he's like, I have two extra tickets to Coldplay. And mm-hmm. I was like, I don't really like Coldplay. Like, I mean, their music is whatever to me. Yeah. So uh, he invited me, and I was like, oh, fuck it, I'll take it. Because her was opening, and I love her. Oh, okay, cool. Like, her is incredible. So I was like, I'll go just for her. Okay. I showed up late because our Uber took 19 wrong turns, and it was like, it took an extra 30 minutes to get there probably oh, maybe 40 minutes to get the whole there opening act <laughs> yeah so we missed the whole opening Fuck. act yeah we showed up like right at the right time mm-hmm. but tommy so his dad befriended coldplay's manager okay so he got two sweet tickets plus like regular tickets and then he had already had two tickets so then oh. he offered me the two other tickets so oh. he was still there okay and i brought my friend antonio who's a comic from chicago and Antonio's like, yeah, he's like, you're going to see me. Antonio's like, he, he's like, you know, tough. Yeah. So he's like, you're going to see me like Coldplay was my shit when I was like 13. He's like, <laughs> I might cry. He's like, don't make fun of me. And like, I was like, I won't. <laughs> but we go there and they put on this show unlike anything I've ever seen. I've been yeah. to 200 concerts easily. Like, I look, music is my first love. So yeah. I go to concerts quite a bit. Like, I, I just went and saw T-Pain on Tuesday. Hell then, yeah, dude. I wanted to go to that so bad. I wish I knew you were it's going. so Fuck. fun. It was uh, so fun. I saw, yeah. it's funny, I saw him at South by Southwest yeah. and I had already purchased tickets to see him in New York. <laughs> I didn't even know he was at South by Southwest. Oh so then I've seen him twice it's a in bonus. the last, like, three months. Hell yeah. But this show, That's he's, awesome. he's incredible. But, mm-hmm. but then... Coldplay, it was just like, so they have these wristbands that they do, and the wristbands are, they show every color of the spectrum, okay? Mm-hmm. And it's controlled by radio waves. What? So they can control it. The guy that built it, I did some research after, the guy that built it saw a Coldplay concert in 2009 and became like obsessed with wanting to make their show better. Oh so God. he built this thing specifically for Coldplay, and they started using it in like 2011, 2012. Mm-hmm. And everybody that goes into the concert gets a wristband and they can control it to do like different parts of the stadium, do different things, like different colors. At one point, everything was shut off and they just had hearts, red hearts like on the stadium. Like I'd never seen anything like it. So like an entire section of this of the stadium was red hearts oh my god like huge hearts (laughs) and then like for yellow everything turned yellow and then like what it does though is because it's you know it's sixty thousand people yeah so it's such a big venue Mm -hmm. and when you see music like that i don't know what your experience is with music like that yeah you kind of feel disconnected sometimes you know like it's it's so far back it's Mm -hmm. like you can't really get into it but because everybody's lit up next to you, you feel connected no matter where you are in the stadium. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Like it just, it brings everybody together. Yeah. So I never, and then their That's visual, so cool. their visual graphics were fucking wild. Yeah. Like it was, it was just next level of what I've seen ever at a concert. Oh my God. And so like, I, still do not really like their music but i would pay even though it changes color i would pay an exorbitant amount of money to see that again because wow. i want to go study it like they put i almost went last night in philly because they were playing in philly last oh night i'm like God. i just want to go study that again to watch what they do there was like some weird shit like there was a point mm-hmm. where he had like a duet with a fucking muppet 
<laughs> Shut the I fuck swear up. To God, like, <laughs> Which Muppet? It's like one that it looks like a Muppet, but it's like something they made. But it's definitely like the same characteristics of a Muppet. And so like somebody's controlling this Muppet and he's like duetting with oh this Muppet. Some God. like song that they have. I don't know who's on the like original <laughs> song. But yeah, Jay-Z and Beyonce were there. They didn't perform, but they were there watching. Oh like, my God. It's, it's just like, it's a fucking wild experience. And their whole show is uh, green. So they have like their stadium. They bring cooking oil to run like all of their generators run off cooking oil. To like, which is why it's like used cooking oil. What? And then they have uh, this mat in the front part, like where people are standing. And if you dance, the energy that you give off powers their show. What? Yeah, they have bikes that you can ride. Are they at net zero? Yeah, like, are like, they giving back to the grid? I swear. Like, what? And, and it's it's like a wild thing to be able to do that wow. at a concert like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and so, bring that to like all over the place. Yeah. There was one part, like you guys do with editing videos so you'll mm -hmm. sort of appreciate this there was one part where they show the live shot and they're doing the cuts and everything and then uh they almost they have like sort of like a little intermission so they can go change but what they did was they played the video that they just showed backwards and added these effects to it so it was immediately what? came out and then they reversed the video added these effects to it and then they came back out in different outfits <laughs> so it's like instead of just like a normal break they kind of just had something happening that was still visual like a going bumper on. almost yeah but it was like a three like a two minute thing where they played it all backwards they wow. played the whole video that they just showed backwards and it was a live shot video so that's why it was cool that is really yeah cool. that is my brain is processing because yeah. that is so much work yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I, you know what i mean i'm like where's the trick like i always look for how the magician did it yeah. like in editing you know yeah. what i mean um that's insane yeah and they put like you know they put like slow motion effects on it and fast motion effects and like different just all different effects all over it oh it was God. it was interesting that is really interesting yeah, so i left i left that concert and i was like this is fucking i need to like yeah. i need to do this again because i want to feel this again and see how i can bring that to comedy like what i can do as far as stand-up comedy goes because the only thing i've ever seen anywhere it's not even really in the same realm but andrew mm -hmm. schultz did uh he did uh, Radio City Music Hall mm -hmm. um, like a month and a half ago. Yeah. And that was like probably the best live stand-up show as far as like other things going on that weren't just stand-up that oh, okay. added to it. So, you know, cool. Radio City 6,000 seats. So mm -hmm. it's like when you get to that level, you know, I don't really like watching stand-up over like 300, 400 seats because yeah. it's kind of like an art form that I think has to be more intimate. Yeah. I love it that people can sell that large of a venue, but... To appreciate it, I feel like it needs to be a little bit smaller. I, that is interesting for you to say because now just like immediately thinking back all of the comics I've seen <clears throat> in really big venues, like arenas have not been as good. Yeah, of course. And there's I'm a like, disconnect. why is this weird? That's exactly yeah, why. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're waiting. You know, yeah. I, I, I went and saw um, Trevor Noah because my friend Josh Johnson opens up for him. Oh, cool. So he tours with him a lot. Mm -hmm. And we saw him at the United Center, which is like 20,000 seats. Mm -hmm. And there's just like a disconnect when it's a place that yeah. big, you know, it doesn't feel as good as it, you know, 75 people in a basement somewhere yeah. watching stand up, which I am the most comfortable in 100%, like in yeah. any setting. That's the setting. I feel yeah. <laughs> the yeah, safest. Yeah. You in. get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. You can, it's just more connection, more yeah. connection, which with stand up, you have to have that connection, you know? Yeah. 
I also think that it's interesting, like you and I, I feel like are very similar in this way. We talk about this a lot too, like offline, like how to bring value to what you're doing for other people. Right. Because what I think it's also probably part of our personality outside of our job. So Brian Morton, everyone from New York County <laughs> Club, yeah, President you. of Operations, welcome to Hasso. Thank you for having um, me. <laughs> absolutely. Um, I wanted to have you on. You're such an interesting individual. You've lived many lives. You've done a ton of podcasts here as a guest. And like I've heard you tell your story many times, and like I, this is an accountability podcast. Yep. Um, so I, you are someone who definitely I want to get your take on accountability, how you keep yourself accountable. But just like be, to summarize everything that you were talking about, uh, I feel like one of those things must be adding value to like what you do every day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. That was I, just a throw in the dart kind like, of board. <laughs> like, so when you're saying adding value, it's like trying to do something. In my head, that I think that means trying to do something new. So it's trying to, whether it's, you know, an inch or a foot, it's like I'm trying to add something new to every, every single day of what I'm doing. Yeah. You know, so... Uh, I'm always trying to like learn. That's yeah. the biggest thing. And where what I can do for, with my expertise to push stand-up comedy forward. That's yeah. like the real goal in it. Right. Um, yeah. And this is your like given choice right now, but you've done a lot in the past too. Yeah. And you've had other careers as well. Like, do you feel like you've also carried that same thing like in those past life careers as well? I wouldn't say as much because okay. I wasn't as passionate. Okay. So I think like the the passion that I have for comedy, that helps a ton. Amazing. But uh, as far as like, you know, like uh, my first like real career was the military and I did well at that mm -hmm. because it was also like I was on a contract where if I, if I'm like, if I don't give a fuck, I could still make it through and be okay. But like, if I care a little bit, you kind of get rewarded more. So yeah. I was like, why not just go for that? And like, I legally wasn't allowed to leave because I get arrested. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> I, I'm forced to be here. So yeah. I might as well do pretty the best good. You I'll, can. Try, I'll yeah. try to do, not, maybe not the best I can. Yeah. Cause I'm, you know, I didn't give a fuck that much about it, but yeah. also like, I cared about like just uh, making it as easy as possible for me to be able to do things. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you could fight against it and mm -hmm. like you can be that rebel in whatever you do and say fuck it but like if you sort of you know lean in a little bit and go towards those things sometimes it works out better for you and that's yeah. what i was finding in the military a lot is like i would i would lean in if if somebody i wouldn't necessarily volunteer for things but if somebody was like hey you should do this mm -hmm. then i would probably go towards it you okay. know and that's like when you when you talked about accountability one thing that i've found is that I tend to do better when I have other people around me that are also doing a lot. So like if, if I'm not say like, you know, I go through depression. So it's like, if I give up for a couple of days, like I'm like, okay, I need to like sit this out for a couple of days. And then in that two or three days, I'm watching my boss or like my coworker and they're fucking running. And I'm like, okay, why am I not running? You know, I need to, I need to start running. I need to get yeah. back on the treadmill and start running. Like, what are we doing? Like if I'm, I could sit and take these days off and do these things, but eventually I'm like, what am I missing out on? What am I like not learning? Why, why are, why is this so far advanced? You know, like my boss Emilio right now, that guy is like one of the most prolific people. He just works, works, works and finds new avenues and things. So yeah. it's like when I watch him, I'm like, okay. Or like Curtis at Laugh Factory or like, 
Rachel as Amy's like these people all inspire me to do more, mm -hmm. you know? So that's like accountability. I think sometimes for me definitely comes from other people doing things. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and maybe not also just the people that you're working with immediately, but they're auxiliary people and the energy that they're like giving Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Um, you know, you're the combination of the six people you spend the most time with, right? right. Or something like that. And I mean, we've been in New York for like two years yeah. and like the energy in New York is like ever changing yeah. and you have to sway with it. And like you came at such a weird time, such too. a weird time. I mean, like we came in and it was great for us at the time. Yeah. Like the purpose that we came for, we did. Did you come mid pandemic? We did. We okay. came July, uh, June 2020. We signed a lease. Yeah. Um, and congratulations and on two years. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank the you. The first time I was here, I didn't last six months. So really? Yeah. Tell I, me about that. Uh, I moved here at 18. Okay. So I think that was a lot. Yeah. yeah I grew up in a, a small town of like 10,000 people, um, you know, small high school. I didn't, I lived in the same house my whole life. Me too. Um, didn't really travel much. You know, I went to Florida once or like we went to like, uh, Vermont, you yeah. know, like it wasn't like, you know, you didn't, I grew up in upstate New York, so it's like, I didn't travel much. Yeah. Um, and th the first time I came to New York city, I was like, Oh, I love this place. I want to move here. Mm -hmm. I came at like 14 for the first time. It was right after nine 11. So I came also here, a weird time. Yeah. I came here, uh, like January of 2012 or sorry, uh, 2002. Okay. Yeah. So January 2002 for the first time. And like you still like it was a weird time for sure. Yeah. Like, it was it was you couldn't you couldn't get close to the World Trade Center. Like there yeah. was still like within 15 blocks you couldn't get there. Like, yeah. And like this, you know, everybody was still <laughs> heightened. There was a lot of cops around like it was it was a lot. So then I, I uh, like I love music. I like music's my first love. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to study recording engineering. I, I used to read the Source magazine all the time. It's okay. like a hip hop magazine. Yeah. And in the back of it, they had ads, and one was for Full Sail University in Florida, and then one was for the Institute of Audio Research in New York City. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll move to New York City. So then I did, and I was here, uh, I moved in like July, something like that, mm -hmm. and then um, I started to like really feel it in December that I wasn't meant to be here. Like it was really? a lot, it was a lot at 18. I, I didn't have any money really. I was trying to keep up with kids from Long Island that were all rich. Yeah. So it's like just trying to balance that. And I left, I think I left in February. I called my mom. I was like, you have to come get me and yeah. like move me out. She's like, why? I was like, I just can't do it anymore. Like it was just rough. So then, yeah, yeah I ended up moving back home. Yeah. I feel that. I feel that. Like right now we're going through like a transition period in terms of like where we're going to live and do. And Did you figure it out? Um, yes, but I won't. I'll tell you off podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like it, a lot of things are bittersweet and but, you know, things like open up for you for like bigger things. So like yeah. a lot of room is being made right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's great. And it, it is. Yeah. It is. And like it, I feel lighter. Um, but it, you, I, I'm from Boston, yeah. so I already come with a hate for New York, right? Like I love to hate New York, but like, it's, uh, I don't know where I'm rambling to for, with this, but like it, New York has a certain energy that we were talking about. And when it's like really good, you are, you ride the wave right? and then you kind of have to remember why you're on the wave. Right. And then if you need to do something else it's okay right you know like new york's not going anywhere oh, and yeah. like you know neither neither are we but like you know what i mean like 
It's a living. I look at New York as like in a living organism. Yeah, it it's chews always, you. It's, well, it's always changing. Yeah. And you just get your moment of time in it. Yeah. So it's like New York will be here forever in different ways. And yeah. it's like how long the wave that you're talking about, it's like how long can you stand up on the board? Yeah. You know, if you want to continue to stand up on the board and eventually you make it and you fucking surf that wave. And yeah. You, but I don't think, yeah, I think it's, people that stay in New York forever, it definitely is hard. You know? Yeah. And I mean, like, here's the thing. Here, to like our credit, we came here and all of this has been funded by us. Right. Like we've had no backing from family, from any comedy club or like any network or anything. Yeah. Like it's been all us. So everything that we've done up until this point, like I'm cool with it morphing because right. we have so much data now. Like you were talking about observing and like learning more and like wanting to go back to even concerts just to like look at how they produce things. I'm very much the same way. Like right. I have data on like every show that we've ever worked on because that's how like obsessed I am with like making things better and understanding right. the cracks in ourselves. And in, you know what I mean? 100%. So uh, I guess like music is actually a great precedent because it involves a lot of the same things like set design yep. and, and things like that and interacting with the crowd. But what other... Like I, I watch a lot of documentaries. Like yeah. how else do you like take in knowledge like that? Yeah, you know, I, <laughs> you, you put up a thing on Instagram requesting it yeah. about documentaries. And I that's pretty much all I watch is yeah. our documentaries. Awesome. Uh, that's good to hear. <laughs> I don't watch a ton of movies, but mm -hmm. like, you know, I and same thing with TV shows. I don't really watch a ton of TV shows. Yeah. If I watch a movie, it'll generally be in theater. Mm -hmm. But I uh I I mean I've watched documentaries in theater too. So yeah. it's like I'll go I'll go to the theater to watch a doc. Yeah. Um, and then I was telling you about this guy Thoughty too. Mm -hmm. on YouTube. I started listening the, to the playlist that you sent me. Yeah, they they just have he just has so much stuff that is mm -hmm. like very very interesting. I that's what I you know I go towards biographies. I try to yeah. learn from what other people have done. Yeah, I think that's the best way to learn. You know, I learn Definitely. from their mistakes. I learn from that's just how I take in things. Yeah, and I I try to watch a lot of documentaries on like other artists or auxiliary people 100%. to artists yes. because the the journey of an artist is the same. You know what I mean? There, it's the same. We're all in that person's movie. Yes, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So, like, we say that around here, like, all the time. Like, you're my movie right now. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, one documentary that I I've studied so much is uh, Abstract. Okay. Uh, the set designer S. And now I said I studied so much, and I'm forgetting her last name, but she goes by Es. But her whole name is Esmeralda. But I'll have Irish pulled up when he comes back. Um. I was the art director for Corinne and Christina's special. Right, yeah. And I studied like set design before doing that so much because I just wanted to take in so much knowledge yeah. to like make the best impact and value to like what I was pro helping produce. I set up that <laughs> that set three times that same day. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what your vision is. Like you have to mold and like ebb and you flow. You have to be adaptable. It's so crazy. Yeah. You know, and, and you have to do that with everything, with right. every project. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and that's like, you know, I, I kind of got blessed working in comedy for so long because every fucking night is a live show and everything could change. Mm -hmm. You know, like whether, you know, as simple as the CO2 running out. And then yeah. you're like, oh, fuck. Now I have to like go get two liter bo bottles of soda from Walgreens to yeah. like make drinks tonight. And that slows down a yeah. show. Yeah. So it's like now you're changing, you know, you're adding 
15 minutes to the show probably because you have to pour drinks differently in a different way than your bartender has to be used to. So now it's like everything that we had planned for the show to run smoothly has to change right now. Yeah. You know, and it could not even be, you know, I might've forgot to order, but also we had a leak in our CO2. Mm -hmm. It's as simple as that. So now you have to be adaptable in every single way. Yeah. You know, like uh, a comic, um, goes way over their time so Mm -hmm. then that adds time to your show or you have complaints you just have to like be able to adjust live shows all the time like there's it's so rare that a live show goes perfect always you know like you want it to go perfect and you can try to make it you can set every single thing that you possibly want to do beforehand like you want it to go perfect like you have everything set up and then something else will still happen and it'll change Mm -hmm. and like for me I'm a perfectionist in a lot of ways especially like show running things and if something is wrong I had to learn how to adapt to that and not get frustrated because it's super easy to get pissed off about it yeah you know but pissed off doesn't do anything so it's like you have to figure it out to make it the best so when you're saying you had to change it three times it's like I'm sure that second time you're like fuck okay and then the third time you're like Okay, like I got yeah. Okay, each no, fuck time it. Like, let's go, I let's go. in my mind, it wasn't even a frustration thing because it it's no one's fault. It's right. just the way things happened in the day, and I was like, "All right, well, this one's gonna be better than the last yeah. one." You know what I mean? See, I'm that's just, a great way to think about it. There was no other option right. for me that day. Yeah. That's the day. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. like that, it it meant a lot that like I was even asked to do that job. Right. You know what I mean? So that's how I take everything that I do and like any of the shows that we work on. And I, I think I talked about this in the last episode as well, but like when I learned to produce live podcasts, Irish taught me, but I was doing it live. Right. Like I learned everything live, right. which arguably I think is a very good way to learn yeah. um, because you're paying the most attention. 100%. You know, you can't fuck it up. Yeah. yeah. I, you were actually just saying like, a, you know, you can't, you can't take offense and like you can't take things personally. Um, have you always sort of like been that way, like been able to compartmentalize your emotions versus like like you develop a, a relationship with a comic and like they're going like 10 minutes over their time or something like that. And you're like, dude, come on. Like, you know what yeah, I mean? Like, how yeah, do yeah. you deal with that? And it, it perpetually happens, I'm sure. 100%. Yeah. 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 Especially like it just depends if I'm close with the person. Mm-hmm. So that's actually something I was talking about the other day. Um, and as well, it involves like tipping, like some comics yeah. don't tip. Right. Okay. And that's okay. But like my, I, we had a manager meeting and the night manager was like, you know, what would you n- normally do about this? I'm like, well, you can't really do anything. Like mm-hmm. it's up to the comic to tip, but the same thing with like running a light or something like that. What I will do is I'll just go bust the comics balls about it. So I'm like, if, if they know, like, I'm not going to get angry at them, mm-hmm. you know, but especially if we're close, you know, like if, if you're like, it might upset me. So say like I put you up like you're a new comic and I put you up for six minutes and then you do 12 on that six minutes, I will be upset. But yeah, if you That's are, if you are somebody that you perform at the club a lot and this day you went over by five minutes because mm-hmm. you wanted to, like there's no real <laughs> excuse you wanted to, I'm going to bust your balls about it. And that's the way that I handle it. I'm not going to get angry. Like it's Mm -hmm. very, very rare that I get angry. Yeah. So with me, it's like, and the comic I think will understand more if I'm busting their balls about it versus getting angry. Yeah. You know, like getting angry, then they're going to think I'm an asshole. Right. They might think I'm an asshole for busting their balls, but it's like a softer way to do it. I feel totally. Yeah. Totally. So just like adapting that fighting humor with humor. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I definitely think you have to like your emotions. Like you can't, 
I've made that mistake plenty of times, like where I've corrected something in the moment or done something in the moment when I shouldn't have, when I should have maybe taken a beat and like really thought about it. So it's like mm -hmm. controlling your emotions is very, very big and just in anything that you do. Yeah. 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 But I mean, it's not the easiest thing in the world, especially if you're an emotional person. But like, you know, I, I, uh, I've just definitely worked on being better at that and yeah. like figuring out when to get even advice like sometimes I'm bad at time the timeline of giving advice like I mm -hmm. might mean well but like I might say it at the wrong time to somebody what do you mean so like if a, if a comic does a set like I've run into this before a comic does a set I see something I'm like hey like this 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 like can improve mm. your set I've said it when they got off stage versus waiting for them to like decompress and like take time with their sets like I've I maybe have done it right away and that's usually not the best way to go about yeah. it. So yeah, totally. It's just like learning that. So even though I mean well, it, it could be off-putting, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's actually very good advice. Because um, I think we all need to take a beat sometimes yeah. and like be patient. I think like on both working ends, you know, people are doing other things and like thinking other things. You might not have known that maybe they tried something something different that night for right. whatever reason because right. something sparked i don't know whatever and then it like deflates them and you totally didn't even mean to do that you know in, what i in mean in my head in my head i'm like hey i want you to be the best yeah so i'm like pushing a good pushing place. you to be the best but like sometimes i just don't deliver the message the right way so yeah. it's like figuring out the best way possible to deliver that message and i've i've fucked that up with many things you yeah. know it's not just stand up it's like trying to figure out how to speak the right way without you know hurting people you know and sometimes yeah. I, I have like you know my blinders on to like i it's it's hard for me to sometimes remember that comedy is an art form and like i love it and i look at it as art but sometimes i look at like it's there's mathematics to comedy too it's not mm -hmm. just you know there's certain things that always work mm -hmm. you know and so like, yeah i will sometimes say things like hey this and this would probably work better and if i'm not super close with that comic then and they don't know like how to react to me yeah they look at it as like discouraging sometimes but if i am pretty close to them and they trust me and they i've had it like where and obviously my voice is not always right mm -hmm. whatever but like i've had it where um a comic in chicago he was headlining at zany's i have known him for a decade and i've watched his set for a decade mm -hmm. so I watched his first set and I watched what he did and I was like, hey, like, I think that you should do this, 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 like gave him a bunch of notes on how to like change his setup. He ended up doing it and it went great. That's awesome. And then he credited me for like changing how, because his first set awesome. didn't go that well. And then he changed it and the rest of the weekend, his six other shows went great. That's awesome. Just from changing that. So I know, but also like I'm, I've been wrong before too. So yeah. it's just like, I have to make sure that I have a close enough relationship, A, and, like, also I know how to deliver any advice. Like, uh, do you know Seth Godin? I know the name. He's, like, one of the biggest marketing guys. Mm -hmm. um, I, I went and saw him sp uh, speak at a seminar, okay. and I, like, started to follow him. But um, my friend Chris sent me a email. Like, he gets a daily email, like, just, like, to help you, like, grow and become, sure. you know, it's, like, his, Tips his and advice. Stuff. Yeah. So one of them was all about um, – how to ask for advice mm. and the idea behind it was like you know sometimes when you're asking somebody for advice they're not going to give you what you want back and it's not anything to do with you yeah it's just to do with them giving advice and their advice 
might be coming from a scared place. It might be coming from a place that you're not used to and you're trying to like, hey, this is my art. What do you think of it? And mm -hmm. they're like, hey, like you're not going to make it type thing. They might not say that, but it's like you shouldn't do these things. Da, da, da. Yeah. So Seth Godin's advice was like, hey, what you should do is present somebody else's work and be like, hey, what do you think of this? This is somebody else's work. So it's harder, obviously, with live stand-up, but if it's a joke or whatever, if it's written, it's like, hey, what do you think of this? Mm -hmm. And then they trash it, and it's like, well, okay, this was like Dickens. So like this is like the, one of the best <laughs> yeah. ever, and you're telling me that it's trash. So that yeah. just means that that's you and how you're going to give advice no matter what because you don't want to hurt me, and you don't want to watch me get hurt. Yeah. So it's like trying to figure that out. That's so interesting. Yeah. I, hmm. I'm going to think about that. I'm literally, as you're saying this, I'm like, I'm so happy this is being recorded because I'm going to go back and like think about how I de like deliver advice. I'll send you like, the you email. know, I, it's like one of those emails I saved because he's just a very, he's an interesting. Yeah, I want to look him up yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, like what you were saying also is sort of reminding me, uh, like boundaries also go hand in hand with that too. Like when, you, when you're dealing with anyone, but particularly when you're dealing with artists in a professional way and with their art, like you were saying, you know, a newer comic that you're not as familiar with, if they go over like by a ton, I guess, do you have like a boundary or some kind of thing where you're like, I'm not going to put them up for like another week. I don't know what the, whatever. right. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. do you have like some kind of formula in your brain where like, this is like a thing that like, they know I'm a professional because that I have this boundary. Yeah. That they already crossed, but you know, I I think that is like I don't have a specific like, hey, you're you're banned for whatever, but you know, sure. th of course there there's consequences to everything, mm -hmm. but also like at the same time, if they fucking destroyed, I'm not going to deny that. You know, yeah. yeah, they went five minutes over, they're fucking up for the rest of the show. I will sit down and there. There's a comic. I, I go back to Chicago a lot because I spent so much time there. But there's a comic in Chicago that always ran the light, and they would always go over by at least seven to 10 minutes. And that seven to 10 minutes when you're transitioning from a, um, an 8 p.m. show ending to the 10 o'clock show ending, that seven to 10 minutes is 10 minutes that we could be seating. Mm -hmm. And that means 10 minutes in the Chicago winter that the people are outside oh for 10 minutes God. longer. So it's like, if we say doors open at 9.30 and our doors don't open until 9.40, mm -hmm. they're like, why are doors not open until 9.40? And then also it's like, it could be 9.45 because another comic went over a minute, another comic went over a minute, things like that. Everything yeah. is very specific. So this comic would run the light a lot, run the light a lot, run the light a lot. And I just sat down with him one time. I'm like, look, like, we, we all know you're great. I was like, the one thing that you really need to focus on is maintaining your time because it's just, it's making everybody else upset and it's messing up our business a bit. And mm -hmm. like, we love you and we're not going to stop booking you, but you need to understand that this is what it is. Yeah. And they listened. Yeah. And then the, from then on, they never ran the light. Yeah. They would even get off short. Like, <laughs> still, like, until I left, they would do like two minutes less. Mm -hmm. They just became aware of it. Because sometimes you just don't realize like, what it means, like you, you kind of have to just explain it to them. So I think communication yeah. is like a big part of that. It's just like, cause I could fucking ban whoever for whatever and not explain why. Yeah. But if I sit down and explain it, I feel like if then you don't understand it and then you still do it, then we have an issue. So mm -hmm. it's like, but if I sit there and I talk to you about it and like we go back and forth or like I bust your balls about it and you like, you know, you don't get it. Like yeah. then, then we have an issue. I definitely it. think like, uh, you know, educating people like that is the first step and like doing that as many times as you can. There's like some rule, 
in my head, but maybe it's like a social rule or something where you try something three times. Yeah, the rule you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Before you're like, all right, I really need help with this, right. you know? So in that instance, not not just playing devil's advocate, you know, that person, you tell them that many times you've educated them and like however you best that you can, time goes by and they still don't respect that boundary. Like, what do you do? I mean, it, I always do everything about respect. So yeah. it's like, and then if you're disrespecting not only me, it's not, it's like, I don't really give a shit if people disrespect me. Like yeah. my ego is not like, oh, you know, whatever. Comedians yeah. are artists. I get it. If you are disrespecting the show and all the other comics. I mean, more and, like the business, yeah, like the not business necessarily side, you. The business side. Then it's like, okay, then we have an issue. And yeah, you'll probably not work our club anymore. You yeah. know, there is, there was a comic that, just got upset one night and went up and broke a table at our club. And what? then I just like couldn't work him anymore. Yeah. And I'm like, look, dude, like out of everything, you you can't do violence. Like that's yeah. like the one thing. Like you could yeah. say as much shit as you want. You could fucking threaten me. I don't care. But like if you're showing all the other comics violence, then they're going to feel unsafe and I have to stop booking you. Yeah. Like I'm sorry. Yeah. Like I, I think you're great. Like I think you're hilarious. But like you lost your – you know, you yeah. lost your cool and you fucking broke a table. It's yeah, like, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Talk so, about dealing with emotions versus logic. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, yeah, I don't have a specific rule, but it's, you know, everything's yeah. always case by case basis. Sure. But I've found that most times if you just speak to somebody and you talk to them and then they're usually okay with it. Yeah. Know? I mean, definitely not saying that that, yeah, that's definitely the way to do it. Um, I'll be a little bit lighter now. <laughs> a little bit from the darkness. <laughs> By the way, also, I wanted to just say thank you. You brought us lots of gifts. So many gifts. All of the gifts. Brian is the best. Every time he comes over, he, like, look at all. So thoughtful. My well, Let's talk lungs. about the hoodie real quick. Yeah, let's do one at a time. And right. I want to talk about this one and this, So uh, I'm always big on merch, right? Like, yes. So uh, when, when I took over Zanies, the biggest thing I wanted to do is get the merch popping. So I was like, let's get some cool merch going. Like, and we did. We got it. We created a bunch of designs. So when I came here, I, they were like, you know, I was like, what do you guys want to do? They're like, merch. I was like, great. I was like, I have yes. some ideas for merch. Like, let's let's go forward with it. And so I asked on staff because I always try to build from within. So yes. I'm like, I asked on staff. I'm like, who does art here? Because there's so many fucking creative people. You're in New York City. Everybody here is creative mm -hmm. with something. So yeah. I'm like, what you know? What is so, who is somebody that does art? So Holly Salerno is one of our servers, but she's also like an incredible digital artist. And I asked her. Thank I was like, hey, Holly. what does New York Comedy Club mean to you? I was like, design a design that means something to you. And she's like, okay. So then she designed this. And it has like, you know, the night scene, the old taxi cab from New York. And we sell popcorn. So that's like a big deal. Like we're like one of the only clubs that has popcorn, as silly as that is. No, I, I, I love that. People love our popcorn. Yes. It's like this like quirky it's very thing. Cute. It's a like quirky thing that we do. So then she designed it and I fell in love with it. Like at the top, it has like both our locations yes. on the street. So it has like 24th and 4th. Like it's a, it's a cool design. I really loved it. And we sold out. That's oh actually my God. like, that's probably, we, we, we just did a limited run of a hundred and I think we only had three left. So that was and one of the my three. Size. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah. She's incredible. So now we're so working thoughtful. on some summer designs right now that'll be out in the next two weeks. Cool. Yeah. So cool. like some pink and, Nice. Yeah, yeah, I have yeah. to show you what we have for our merch that we just released too. But yeah. this is amazing. Thank you. Oh my God. 
Holly, you're very talented. She's great. I would love to talk to you as well. Um, she's so young too. She's like, I think she just turned 25 or 26. Oh my she's, God. she's great at what she's, I, she's working with, um, what's the big, you know, the theater down here, the village East theater. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're doing, is it the Tribeca film festival? I yep. believe that's what she's working with. Right oh, now. cool. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, she does some cool stuff. Huh. But that's, you know, and I worked it out with her. I was like, you, you design it and then I'll give you a percentage of the merch. So then we did that, that's sold awesome. it out. I just actually paid her yesterday. Like it, you know, we sold out all of them and then I paid her and Amazing. So it's like I try Congratulations. to get, I, I'm always trying to get people paid for their art too. That's definitely. Like another, you definitely. Know, I don't want you to work for free. Yeah. That you have no idea how much artists appreciate of, hearing that. Need, I mean, you, you need, know, yeah, but like yeah, yeah. that needs to be said more because people it's like a little part of you that of you course. give to the world. Of course. And you're like, I did it. And it's not even about like, oh, I want people to accept this. I just want people to know that there's value in my work and things like that. 100%. So it's like that's so nice that you know you work from within. Um, I'm really happy yeah, to hear that. I think that's big. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We feel the same way. Like we have plenty of talented people and smart people that we work with. Like we might as well cross our minds together right. and come up with like some cool shit. It's and, a like, community. Yeah, absolutely. We have to support each other and like not be trolls. Hundred <laughs> percent. But also. We have to not kill our lungs and smoke, but I wanted you to. No, they'll still kill your lungs. Yeah, it's not, for, it's not about your lungs. Do you, so, like, do you understand what it is, though? Yeah, you blow into it, yeah, and it keeps the smoke in here. Yeah, it makes it so that it has it's, a it has a carbon filter. I, so I, I've used it's called a smoke buddy. Smoke I first I first found out about it. That's the coolest one I've ever seen. I've never seen a tie dye one, so I was like, I thought you would like it. I do. So uh, the first I found out about this in 2010. And I was living in an apartment and I used to go to the head shop all the time. And I was like, oh, like, this is cool. It's a little carbon filter. Then I yeah. don't have not, my, my place doesn't have to smell like weed. Yeah. That's great because then I won't get in trouble from the neighbors. Yeah. So I bought it and then I started buying all my friends them because, like, you know, they're great. Like, when I would go, like, stay in a hotel and you can smoke in your hotel and blow through a smoke buddy and you're yeah. not going to get any smoke in your room. It's like, especially if you take a little, like, a little one hitter or something, yeah. you know, it's, it's great. Nice. And, uh, to tell a fun story, I was telling you a little bit in the kitchen. Yeah. I uh, saw Joey Diaz. He's like, he's been like my mentor for a long time. He's a really big comic. He's great. Um, I saw him in like 2010 in Rochester, New York, and he was outside smoking a joint. And I was like, oh, so we, we started talking. And then um, in my head, I'm like, oh, if he had a smoke buddy, he would probably stay in his room. It was the middle of winter. <laughs> yeah. He's like outside smoking. You know, it's fucking cold. Yeah. And like, you know, Rochester gets cold as fuck. Yeah. So I, the next time I saw him, like five months later in Chicago, I brought him a smoke buddy. He called it a grenade because I saw yeah. him, I saw him like six years later. He's like, I still got the grenade. Just <laughs> <laughs> hilarious. That motherfucker saved my life. <laughs> yeah. it, it's just, it's just so funny to me that like it's something that he could just use forever and i think that yeah. if, you, if you're a person that loves to smoke like you should have something like this if you want to be able to smoke Absolutely. in places that you're not supposed to smoke we definitely will be in those places this summer i was telling you this is going to save our life this summer for yeah. sure yeah, and yeah. it definitely will oh my god thank you so much this you're is welcome. so thoughtful yeah. and with the wick lighter and everything oh, yeah, yeah. To keep everything the clean. hemp wicks are great the hemp I mean, wicks are the great it's the cleanest it is it is Oh man, I that needed that lightness to come back. <laughs> 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 oh 
man. Um, we were talking earlier about documentaries, yeah, and yeah. you were talking about that uh, watching sort of like bio documentaries yeah. are the best. And I, Montage of Heck is one of my favorites. Okay, that is that about Nirvana? It's about Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't seen it. But it's I very. Uh, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah. Um, but I love Nirvana, so that was a good one for me. And I watched like a lot of musicians, like Dolly Parton. Yeah. Was one that I really, really liked. Um, but what are like a couple like particular people that you've either watched and you're their favorite or recent ones? My memory is so bad when it comes to this, so <laughs> I have to like think about what documentaries I really loved. It doesn't have to be like um, a specific documentary, but maybe like. Who's you know. the girl that sang Blue Bayou? Uh, it's, man, it's not Belinda Carlisle. It's Linda Ronstadt. That's her name. It's okay. Linda Ronstadt. I went and saw her documentary. I went and saw it in theater. Okay. And do you know about Linda Ronstadt? Yeah. Tell me. She's incredible. She has a lot of big songs that you would know. Mm-hmm. But she ended up going like platinum in four genres of music, what? which is like insane. That's uh, insane. unheard of. She okay. did like rock, country, Spanish, and then she did like show tunes. What? And like she ended up doing like selling a shit ton of albums in every single genre. Oh my God. And like, her first band, like the backing members, ended up becoming the Eagles. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just a like, muse, a true muse. Yeah. And it's a beautiful, beautiful documentary. Wow. And at the end, she has, um, like, she has Alzheimer's, I believe. Okay. And so, like, at the end, they're talking to her and she's sort of like, yeah. not remembering everything. And it's like, it gets at you. Like, it, yeah. it's, a, it's a beautiful doctor. You see, like, everything that she did for music and especially for women in music. Like, mm-hmm. it, I love, like, I have like a soft spot for women in music, especially because my mom is a singer and played in a rock oh, band wow. my whole life. That's growing awesome. Up. So like, Hell yeah. I've always been attracted to women singing. Like, yeah. and I love like she's a, she's a great one. I'm trying to think. Oh, I loved like um, their Dr. Dre and Jimmy Iovine have a documentary. Okay, cool, awesome. Have you ever seen it? I haven't seen it. No, but it's, that it's I a, would watch something like that. It's a four part documentary on HBO. Um, it's it's not called. I'm thinking the Untouchables, but that's not what it's called. It's it's got a name like that though. But they show the rise of Jimmy Iovine and everything that he did, and he's got like a crazy story because he just like, I think he graduated or dropped. I think he graduated college, but he didn't really know what he wanted to do, and he started working at a record label, just like sweeping the floor. And then somebody like didn't show up one day, and I believe, I'm might be wrong but i believe bruce springsteen it was his first album and he needed an engineer and the guy didn't show up and so jimmy just stepped in and engineered and then they made like born in the usa they made like the most ridiculous (laughs) shit and then he like got he started to get big off of that and then he started working like with tom petty and like um uh what's the girl from fleetwood mac Oh, uh, 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 um, Stevie Nicks. Stevie Nicks, yeah, yeah. yeah. Started, She's also a witch. Yep. Yeah, he started dating Stevie Nicks, and oh, then, like, yeah. he, like, yeah, he helped her, her career, and then, uh, you know, went through, like, the 80s and then uh, the 90s, and then found Dr. Dre, and then started working with him, and started Interscope Records, and oh, then shit. he found Eminem, and then, like, they just built, like, this insane, and then, um, it, it was funny because he approached, uh, Dr. Dre about a sneaker deal 
And doctor's like, I don't give a shit about clothes. He's like, I don't want anything to do with clothes. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, what do you like? He's like, I don't know, man. And so then he approached him about headphones. Yeah. And then they made yeah. Beats headphones and like sold <laughs> I it love for this story. a billion dollars. You know, they yeah. made so much money from it. Oh my yeah, god! I'm yeah. gonna watch. I'm gonna it's, add a, that. it's a great one. It's it's uh, it's a four part. I believe it's on HBO. Okay. Yeah, there. It's. Uh, I'll. It will flash over here. Like I'll do this in post. Like yeah, whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think like other. I watch a lot of music ones. There's another mm -hmm. one about this guy. I can't. I'm blank. I'm just bad with names. Um, but this guy, like he, he's a Canadian guy that he's produced like the most. Um, he's produced like the most platinum albums like ever uh clive davis no, no i but i did watch i watched one. that I watched, one it was yeah, a good clive one davis one was indie, but he worked with clive a lot okay yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. he worked with clive a lot because yeah. he did like um he did some stuff with whitney houston and a couple other people but uh damn his i name can't is... think of whitney houston when i was thinking of joey diaz now though yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that's a wild story yeah. we we just watched the carlin doc on hbo yeah. And man, did that hit. It just hit. That's Judd Apatow did that. It was so good. Yeah. It was so good. When he starts talking about like how he, like later in life, how he likes individuals. And once they start like getting off to like groups of people, then they become less tolerable. Right, right. And it's just like, it's so funny because at the time we were just sort of like talking about the last two years, like being in New York and just seeing how like groups form and like right. different things. And but like it was so funny to just like watch that and then hear him say that. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? I, so I haven't I haven't watched that one, but I watched the You uh, have to watch that. I one. watched the Larry San who's Larry Sanders. What's his name? Ah shit. He's a co <laughs> he did the Larry Sanders show. He's a he was a huge comic in the eighties and early nineties. Um Judd Apatow also made one a documentary about it with him that you should watch. Okay. Um it's beautiful. It like will make you cry at the end. Oh, it's man. really, really, really good. I don't know if George Carlin's made you cry, but like this one, uh, damn, why, I'm so bad with names. But I don't know if he's who, looking it up, maybe. Who, who's, who, who did Larry, the Larry Sanders show? You probably looked that up real yeah. quick. Yeah. Uh, but he, yeah, that one was like, you get to see everything. And then he has, like, that guy kept, like, a journal. So he, like, went through all his journal entries and stuff. It yeah. was, like, it was so, so pretty. Do you uh, journal? Gary Shandler? Gary Shandler. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I do not journal. I, dude, I don't, I don't. But. I recently was like, well, let me fucking, fine, I'll try a page. And it is an interesting way to like keep track. Cause like I like make notes to myself, but like I don't journal like that. Yeah. But it is interesting for my documentary one day. I think I uh, <laughs> have a diary. I think I would have been way more into writing when I was younger, but I always got shunned for my penmanship. Like my penmanship is so bad. And so like teachers would always shit on me for like how bad my penmanship was. What if they were just busting your balls the same way you're busting people's balls, you when, know? When you're, in <laughs> when you're in third grade, you know, you don't understand that, dude. <laughs> like when you're fucking nine, you're like, oh, my penmanship sucks. I should never, right. I should never write. You didn't grow up write. foreign. I get it. I get it. I was like, I should never write. That's like, what I learned. Uh, did you, um, now we're just talking about things that we watch, but like, I, this is part of like my, how I like take in information. Yeah, yeah. Um, Christina P's, uh, the special? Yeah. I haven't, special. I haven't watched it. Okay. We'll I, talk about that after then. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm like the worst with specials. Yeah. I do not watch comedy specials. Really? At which, all? Which is like very fascinating to people. But you watch comedy on YouTube? Uh, or like podcasts or anything? I watch a lot of podcasts, okay. but I really like, it's hard for me to take in stand up watching huh. it 
and like I, I'm so bad right now. I have, I have Mike Cannon. Like I'm working on this special that we're doing, yeah. and like I've had it since Tuesday, and I haven't watched it yet, and I need to. And I'm like so bad about this. <laughs> it's just so hard for me. I need. We're to, like, owning up to our shit today, dude. Yeah, it's all good. <laughs> just, like, just like specials are hard for me, but I have watched. Obviously, I've watched yeah. a few, and like yeah, yeah. some of the specials got me into comedy. But once I started watching it live, it was so hard for me to go back and yeah. watch specials. Yeah. And like, and I love Christina. I mean, I saw Christina live in 2010. Like, I go way back with was her. Was it you that was here on a podcast talking about an elephant in the room no but i love that special yeah I was gonna, so that, yeah. that was i never got to see patrice live so yeah. that is a special that i like mm-hmm. can watch yeah you know and, or like and i love Corey holcomb so i'll watch some stuff that Corey holcomb does they remind me of a lot of each other i don't know if you ever watch Corey. Oh, he's I somebody should. that maybe you should watch mm-hmm. like if you like patrice i yeah. think you'll appreciate Corey. because like patrice house i believe that patrice and i believe he said this that he got a lot of his style from Corey and watching what Corey was able to do Corey's a little rougher around the edges than patrice uh, which there, is like, it's possible yeah what yeah 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 <laughs> can i can I tell you? Can I tell you a fucked up Corey Holcomb? Joke? Yeah, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> he was talking about how he got a girl pregnant, and that they decided to get an abortion. So he drops her at the abortion clinic, and she hits him up when she's done. So he drives around to pick her up, mm-hmm. and he's listening to Fifty Cent because he loves Fifty Cent. And she gets in the car, and she's like man, turn all this fucking murder, all this shit off. I, I can't, I can't do this. Turn all this fucking, and he looked at her and he goes, bitch, you're the only killer in the car. <laughs> <laughs> you fun sponge. <laughs> he just says like, he's fucked up. He says fucked up shit. Like there's no like, it, he's definitely, I feel rougher around the edges than Patrice. And I feel yeah. Like he's got a really popular That's... podcast called, I think 5150 South or something like well, that. Well, that'll That's... probably be our new favorite. We yeah. have, we listen to a lot of Black Phillip. Oh um, yeah. But, um, Dante. Yeah. 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 Uh, we used to do, we like met doing a, like starting, well, you guys started the podcast. It was Kings uh, when we were back in Boston, but I ended up being their third co-host. And that was sort of like it was like a dating, not like a dating podcast and relationship podcast, but from the male perspective. Right. Yeah. And I was the whole, you know. So. The whole. That's what they call me. That's like what, <laughs> that's what Opie and Anthony used to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this also started in Boston, right? So. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess they moved to, they got big in Boston. They yeah. started in New York and then moved to Boston and got big. And then. Anyone yeah. that knows, like, I came to New York from Boston to do like comedy or whatever that I know in Boston, like their first thing when they found out I was doing things in comedy was, oh, like, like Opie and Anthony. Like, like that's yeah, like, that yeah, was yeah. like the thing that they knew. So I remember they like pretended the mayor was dead, right? Of Boston and they got in trouble. Uh, that guy, I forget his name. He was like, a, he was a mayor. Mayor for, Menino? Maybe. No, he was a mayor. Was probably for, before. He was a mayor for like 20 years in Boston. Yeah. And they pretended he was dead. They like said. It might have been Menino. They said over the airways. He's dead that, now. They said, yeah, he is dead now. Yeah. They said over the airways that he was dead, and the guy's family heard it, and so then they got fired for that. <laughs> yeah, because they thought he died. Yeah, just absolute destruction. Um, <laughs> was, that show is insane. My, yeah. my favorite, my favorite part, like everybody hated Opie, but what Opie would do when somebody would bring him a gift, like somebody brought him a pinball machine that was like a 
like something from his childhood that he like had talked about before and somebody brought it in and he smashed it with a baseball bat. <laughs> what the like people would give him shit that like meant a lot and he would just fuck it up in front of them. Imagine if I just fucked this up. <laughs> like this shit on fire. <laughs> that, that show was wild. That was a wild show. Oh my God. That's fucking hilarious. But yeah, I don't watch specials enough and I need to because I really want to start directing specials and like oh, getting, yeah. moving towards that. But I also am like a little bit afraid because I don't want to just steal other people's shit. But I, it goes back to like what you're saying about set design and things like that. Yeah, I kind of want to get influenced from other things outside of comedy because I've watched enough live comedy where I understand the beats of it and Mm -hmm. how it works. But I really want to like get into the direction side and like move towards that. And I don't know if I really want to do that through specials. I know that Christina spent the most on her outfit out of any Netflix special ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She had like diamonds sewn in. Swarovski. Yeah, 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 definitely, dude. I would do the same. But (laughs) it was a very household outfit, to be honest. Um, yeah, which she, was great. She, I, you know, it's funny, like a fun, I don't know if I told you this, fun Christina story. So I see her, it, the, I guess it had to be like 2011 probably. The first time I saw her, I, went, um, I would go visit my parents in Florida a lot and then I would go to like a, whatever local comedy club. So there used to be an improv in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Now it's in like Donia Beach, but it used to be in Fort Lauderdale inside the Hard Rock Casino, the old Hard Rock. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went to see Christina. It was like, the beginning of your mom's house like yeah they might have been 15 episodes in oh my god so i walked up and i'd listened to she used to do this thing um they used to have this thing called the ice house chronicles at the mm-hmm. ice house in pasadena with like red band was the host and christina would come on a lot tom would come on a lot you know bert all these people like at the beginning of their launch before they got famous and mr <laughs> chow right i think also who from the hangover anyways doesn't matter he also did that actor oh not yeah, to yeah. get you off track uh, ken jong yes yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah i got that name for some reason i don't know why the fuck i have that name in my head but uh i just think about his bush <laughs> the most memorable bush in hollywood dude yeah. Yeah, it, was, it was that and then do you remember zohan the adam sandman movie? he had, he had like a huge bush too that was like a, his big thing but, hysterical so but anyways I, I see christina i watch her show lover she was like big on chelsea lately at that point so mm-hmm. she would do like that's what most of the people that came to see her nobody really had ever listened to her podcast i don't think that much like at that show so i walked up to her and i was like um i said something like oh i love your podcast like your mom and i listened to maybe two episodes Mm -hmm. and she's like oh are you a mommy and now yes that makes sense but to me then i was like no (laughs) and she's like oh and i was like she's like you're not a mommy and i was like no she goes oh okay and i I, (laughs) I play that interaction and in I my never head. forgot like, and I'm fucking it. in my sh- I'm in the shower alone. I'm playing that interaction in my head. Like, how did I fuck that up? Like, I am going to clip this up? and send it to her. <laughs> like, how, how did I fuck that up? How did I fuck that up? It had to be, it had to be, I have a picture of it. It had to be like 2011. Oh my God. Like, yeah, she, was, 
<laughs> she was probably touring, getting paid club minimum. Like it was. It's oh my god, that's hysterical. Yeah, that's hysterical. Yeah, I think I I, I DM'd her once and I ended it with thanks, mommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now that's like they're like how many episodes in? It's of crazy. Course, it's huge now. It's um, the biggest thing ever. Yeah, it is the biggest thing ever. We look at them as a precedent, honestly, yeah. all the time for too much content. Yeah, you know what I mean, and just like other groups that are doing things in a similar or maybe just a very different way and you have something to learn from like anybody you that's know why i, I mean? love like red band because mm-hmm. he was the first one that produced their podcast yeah he did rogan's first mm-hmm. he did like so many of these shows and yeah I'm, i don't know about their show but i know for a fact he still gets paid from rogan even though he's not on it oh, rogan shit. still pays him a weekly salary wow and i think probably they might too because they he started with yeah them, so oh before i forget um can you look up it's a uh, Abstract on Netflix, uh, set design. The first name is S E S, but I forget her last name. Um, I just I remembered when he came back. I had to ask that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like stu- like studying like just different people, different people doing like the similar or same thing, and then a step further, we're like there. It's not even in the same realm. Yeah. And like, how can that be applied to like what you're doing creatively and things? Um, and you were talking about like. Uh, live shows directing specials and, and all that you have a collection of tickets from live comedy oh yeah that can yeah. we talk about that yeah. for a second <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i've been meaning to bring this up actually that's my darky side is i collect comedy stuff dude it, it, it's awesome you showed me like several pictures of it hopefully yeah. we're gonna do something together with it but like yeah. that yeah i is, definitely want to do something together with it that, and like the ideas. more, yeah, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, okay, like what can really be done? Yeah. So, yeah. I think it would be really cool, especially like to have like a relic at like a comedy special that you're directing. Right. It's kind of, well, yeah, you know, yeah. Very or cool. like a, a club, like or so, virtually. So, like, I always think about business and uh, as, as Delvin. Um, yes. Uh, set design. I always think about business. And when I was in Chicago, one of the coolest things that Jamie Massad, over the owner of the Laugh Factory, did was he turned uh, the front portion of the Laugh Factory into a museum. Oh, cool. And because of that, you get a tax break. <laughs> so it's like, it's Banking. awesome. It's awesome. But yeah. then at the same time, you get a tax break. So I have all this stuff. So eventually, like, whatever club that I have a piece of, huh. I want to be able to put it in and have... That's very cool. ...get a tax break, which I think I will. Like, yeah. Because I, I have, like, some really cool... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Very rare. Yeah. Very cool stuff. Yeah, so, like, ticket stubs, like, the oldest one I have is from, like, 1968. That's crazy. And it was, like, a $4.50 ticket oh for a comedian. I, I'm trying to get a Mom's Maybelline that's a little older, and I want to get, eventually, try to find, which they don't really exist, but a Lenny Bruce one that's, mm. like... Yeah, on the the ground, like but, a receipt. <laughs> but yeah, pretty much <laughs> every napkin. every like comic I have a, a cool ticket from them, and I, I keep buying them now. Like I go through like phases where I won't buy one for a while, and then like I'll get twenty five of them. Like, <laughs> I just bought. I just got it's this. My weird addiction. <laughs> well, I found this like I like haggling too. So like yeah. I found this pack of five the other day. I was like, oh, I really want one ticket out of this pack of five, mm-hmm. but the whole pack was like $27 and I got it for like 14, but it, like, it was cool. It had this, yeah. it had a David tell insomniac tour. Ooh. So I was like, that's like something I specifically wanted. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. That's worth yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, well, I guess it could relate to this or not, but I have one segment on this podcast, which is the accountability segment. Yeah. Where I have to like report what I did 
with my art for the week. And then if you want to put anything out there that you want to be accountable for, we'll yeah. have you back and then we'll see at some point and we'll see if you did it. Right. Um, so I recorded twice this week, so really I haven't had too much time. But uh, just to like keep reporting uh, on my coloring book that I've been working on. We interrupt this program for an important news announcement. Howdy y'all, Ed Ho here. If you're watching this right now, I'm in Austin, Texas. But more importantly, my coloring book is officially done, bitches. Finally finished it. <sighs> Feels good. That's, it was like an extra element. It's That's a so little, cool. I liked, a little bit more. I liked what Natalie was telling you to twitch it, put it on Twitch. Yeah. Like a live version of it. That was pretty one cool. One of my friends had a good idea too. Like once it's done that I should start like order one and color it in. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And like David, online. David, how many pages is it? It's going to be 12. 12? That's yeah. great. Yeah. 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 So, so it's like technically a page per I guess month is supposed to be sort of the journey of a year, but you can do it as fast as you want, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what you should do. But, though. Like yeah. once a month, show like you how you color it in. Yeah, you know? or I just consistently a little bit every day, or yeah, something yeah. like that. But um, it'll be cool. Um, I'm excited. That's great. That it's like I I feel like the content of it is done. It just needs to be put in the format, whole thing, and that's like you make candles to them, right? Yep. Yeah, I do a you lot, do of, a lot of cool shit. Thank yeah. you. Actually, so this one's like a too much content candle, which you can buy on our website, too much content live. But uh, the candle like collection that I've been doing for like the last six months has corresponded with a page per of my like coloring book. Oh, that's sick. So yeah, so it was like a little bit. I'm trying to like make the things that I make more connected and wholesome. Right, right, right. Um, because I've been making candles for like a really long time, but it, it started as like a hobby. And then I was like, oh, people actually want them. And then there was no f like fluidity to it. Of, like, why am I doing this? Right. I can make a good candle that lasts a long time that's like vegan or whatever yeah. and smells good, but like, why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's, <laughs> you know? the, what's the purpose behind it? Right. Yeah, and yeah. so... And sometimes that's also the purpose, just to make yeah. it and then figure it out after, you know? It's right. just like as long as you're on the track, you know, like is keep going down that track and then other things will pop up. Yeah. And uh, like, I tried to take what I learned like along the way while making those individual ones. So like I do a candle of the month, right. That's goes with the page. And then the scent is like, I'm kind of marketing it now as like nostalgia yeah. for all my candles. that like 100%. take you to a different place. And that page is sort of like nostalgic of like the, the essential oils that I use. Like they, they're, there's a whole like science to it yeah. of how is this scent supposed to make you feel? Yeah, scent memory is while, wild. Yeah, while you're coloring this specific page. You there's know a, what I there's mean? There's a scent of Febreze that brings me to basic training every time I smell oh, it. Oh, man. It's like a mind fuck. Dude. Like I go like right back there. I'm like, oh, what the fuck? I had uh, Lori, uh, a baker on, our, on my podcast, Lori Freelander, who makes a bunch of like THC amazing edibles. Yeah. And she was... On my podcast, smelling one of my candles, it took her back to like 1995. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. I'm like, that's exactly the year that I was thinking of with it. Like, it's crazy. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, scent, scent memory scent is memories. It's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it... You know that like suntan lotion from the 90s? Yes. I've like been able to put that into a candle smell somehow. That's awesome. And it just, that makes me happy. Right. <laughs> it makes that's me think great. of summer of my childhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so that's great. Yeah, yeah. nostalgia is something I like always uh, lean towards because, like in comedy, it always works. Nostalgia always works in comedy. Yeah. So when I built the green room at Twenty uh, Fourth Street with Maggie Bellamy, she also works. Um, she like produces a bunch of shows and stuff around oh, the cool. city. She's awesome. 
uh, we built this green room together at 24th Street at our club. And the one thing in it is we don't serve food. Mm -hmm. So, like, to compete with other comedy clubs, we don't ever have food. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, other comedy clubs, like, the stand or the cellar, they both have restaurants attached so that they can bring the comics food. Right. You know, the comics can hang out and eat. So I'm, like, what the fuck can I do that's different? So what I started to do is I started to put in all your snacks from childhood. Yes. So I, I like, noticed that I on like, the menu. No, the, not on the menu. No, no, not no, on no, the no. menu? It's not on the menu. This is just for the comics. Just like, for the comics? Yeah. So I have like... It's something else then. I have like zebra... Yeah, you saw Nutella sticks and stuff like that. Yeah. Me, but, and like Pringles. But this, yeah. I have like zebra cakes. Oh, I shit. like ho-hos. Uh, I'll do like gummy bears like gummy like um like gushers like and stuff gushers and nice. like cheese its and like things like that that like when you got home from school it's like oh or you like went to somebody's house that had more money than you that's yeah what, that's what it was for me my mom would never have those in the house so i'd go to like the rich kids houses and they would always have them yeah so like that's always always just brings back nostalgia based stuff so like whenever whenever comics come in they think about that shit even more than like going to eat like yeah comedy yeah. seller might have the best hummus <laughs> But we have zebra cakes. Yeah. And like it sounds corny, but like legit, it's a great feeling for them. They I feel safer back. with my zebra cakes. Yeah. Put yeah. that on some merch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's all. That's like, that's again, very thoughtful. Yeah. And like uh, we talk about this all the time. Like being a good producer also means being uh, hospitable 100%. to a certain degree. You have to be. You have to make people feel comfortable in the space. Yes. And like, my whole previous life was creating those, designing those spaces. Yes. Like, what is someone going to feel when they walk in, and why? So it's so it's so important. One hundred percent. That's so great that you did that. Yeah, I yeah. really admire that. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So accountability. You want to know something yes. for me? So we already talked a little bit. I need to watch this special <laughs> because I am a big part of it, and I haven't done it yet. And. Uh, I will have done it by the time this comes out, cool. actually, because uh, cool. I'm planning to do it tonight or tomorrow morning. Cool. Um, I <laughs> I'm gonna follow up. <laughs> yeah, you should. I have to write a one sheet also for sponsorship because I'm trying to get some sponsors out of it. Mm -hmm. So that's like a, a thing that I have to get done for it. Mm -hmm. um, other part of accountability, uh, I am. Do you know Katie Boyle? Yeah. So I'm working on her first special. Oh, cool. And so the goal is to be the director of it. And awesome. we're going to go over that in the next week to like really push that forward. That's awesome. Um, we're going to probably shoot in the next three months and like Great. put it all together. And I'd love to like, if it's good enough to be able to shop and sell it, if not, we'll put it online. Like, Hell but yeah. uh, I think like accountability wise is just, I want to like start moving towards the direction of producing and directing even more than I already do. Like totally. it, it's, I love working for the club and I love the club aspect, but eventually my goals are a little bit bigger than the club. It's just to like try to move towards those things. And yeah. if it's like, of course I have to do it while I'm doing the club. I don't mind. You know, yeah. it's just cause I'm going to be learning. Yeah. So yeah. that's awesome. That's a great goal. Yeah. I'm going to text you tomorrow and make sure that you that watched, watched it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Like I watched it live, you know, yeah, and it's, it's so, so fucking good. Like yeah. he, so he did 150 milligrams of edibles <laughs> and then he did an hour and seven minutes of crowd work. And it came out so fucking good. We did a six camera shoot. How is like, it taking you this long? 
I know. Because I already watched it once and like I've just been busy the past few nights, so I haven't like sat down and like I need I watched like the first seven I heard bust in your balls works. So. It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched the first seven minutes of it and you're right though, I should have watched it. I should have <laughs> be making time for this. And I will get it done. And, yeah. Because Mike is probably expect he's probably texting me now, like, hey, have you watched it yet? Yeah. Like, hey. Do you think it's horrible? Yeah. It's it's honestly it that night I left and I was like, this is one of the best things. This this product is going to be so fucking good. Yeah. Like he just filmed a special of his material that he like worked very, very hard on. And he even said after he's like, oh, I think this one's going to be better. And it's just him off the cuff, which That's is, awesome. yeah. Dude, I can't wait to watch it yeah, when it's all set. Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Oh he asked God. me to be a part of it. And that was like an honor. I, I, Isn't it? I like put it out in the universe. Like I started to tell people, I was like, I want to like direct and produce a little bit. Like I'd oh, like yeah. to do. And then he asked me and I was like, yeah, let's do it. It was like within two weeks. It really is about yeah. focusing your energy to that thing and thinking it yep. over and over again. And like really like we've been very reflective like the last couple of weeks and particularly and like when you really think about that stuff like this is the stuff that truly brings me to my highest self i feel the best when i do it yeah i've been thinking about this this whole time you know like it, it comes with accountability because people yeah. have to trust that you're on your shit and you're yeah. actually going to watch the special and like you know go yeah. over it. so that part you know like it, you have to have some sort of backing in your your work ethic and everything has to be evolved totally but yeah yeah accountability is interesting like it, it's like, I do think that I get a lot of it from other people, you know, like if, if I'm falling behind and I'm watching other people run, I'm like, you know, I need to be able to do this. Yeah. So it's like, let's, we can all do this together. Hell so, yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much thank for being for on this me. podcast. I want to have you back. I felt like this was like three minutes. I know. So I, d I looked at the time <laughs> and I was like, it's almost time for you to have your other meeting. Um, <laughs> I want to be respectful, but where can people find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, BDM. NYCC, uh, come to New York Comedy Club. We're open seven nights a week. Oh, yeah. We have two clubs in the city, and we just signed a lease, and we're opening another club in Stamford, Connecticut. Oh, my God. That's going to be under our banner. We have other clubs, oh. like we have the Atlantic City Comedy Club, but um, this specific one will be the third New York Comedy Club. We have California Comedy Club. This will be the third New York Comedy Club, and it's going to be in Stamford, Connecticut. So. That'll be That's another awesome. club that I'll be the president of operations for. That, so then, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that one's cool. Like we're gonna it's gonna be our biggest club. Wow. Which is which is an interesting, you know, change. You know, we're going over it'd be over two hundred seats. Wow. Uh yeah, it's it's in a great That's area. Crazy. It's in like an outdoor type mall. It's next to a Barnes and cool. Noble. Cool. Yeah, there's like a Capitol Grill right there. It's already like a pretty well going area yeah you know, there's a lot of restaurants and stanford's a cool little city i don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever been up there but mm -hmm. it's a cool little city I yeah like it. yeah it's 45 minutes from here so we we'll take easy. comics from here pay them double put them up there you know like yeah good shit yeah I'm good excited. shit yeah, that's yeah. awesome yep. so look out for that yeah that's gonna be a good one amazing and look out for the specials that you'll be a yeah, part yeah, of yeah yeah awesome. yeah mike cannon's i think so mike cannon our goal is to come out july 10th awesome so it'll be uh another he does uh mike on edibles so mm -hmm. it'll be like the special of mike on edibles oh cool yeah, that's very cool it's coming out on 710 because that's the dab day oh because <laughs> it's like 710 is how you spell oil i guess like upside down. oh like, it's like Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maths. We'll yeah. put it here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. We shot it on 420 coming out on 710. So. Smart. Yeah. Very smart. Yeah, yeah. Very smart. Um, 
Amazing, dude. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to like watch what you guys do. Yeah, you thank guys are you. also inspiring. So thank that's you. Nice. Yeah. Follow us at too much content live. Yeah. See what we're doing. Check out our studio. Come making... buy some studio time if you're an artist. Yeah. Uh, check out the changes that you'll be seeing soon. Um, I this is one other thing I will put out there. I'm like more committed now more than ever to like try to develop more like educational easy fun things to put on the, that page as well on too much content live that's our instagram um and that's also our website same exact address so i'm i'm i want to put more like like we were talking about earlier in this podcast value on there for free for people to just understand like content and development yeah um i think that would be tutorials yeah pretty helpful and i should do that <laughs> So I'll try to be accountable for that as well. Um, personally, you can find me at Ani underscore Moosh on Instagram and Twitter. Check out my website, animooshmedia.com. Buy a candle. Look out for my coloring book. Love you guys. Peace.